bless you all this evening. Amen. I hope you come expecting our brother Tim is speaking tonight. He's got a testimony here from our brother Jonathan and Sister Rhea. They would like to thank God for his healing touch. On New Year's Day, Rhea was admitted to the hospital for some pregnancy complications and concerns. Brother Mike prayed for us over the phone. We spent three days in the hospital and the devil attempted to attack, but God came into the room and turned the situation around. We, are, we were discharged, all test results coming back to be perfect. There are no complications and the doctor assured that the baby is strong and healthy. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We serve a true God, a living God. Amen. We'll start with the first verse. When I'm in need, I call to the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, when I'm in need, I call on the Lord. Oh, when He hears me, yes, He helps me. Paradox, just stay in your position and watch the miraculous. 
awesome. He moves every mountain, keeps me in the valley. Hallelujah. My God is awesome. He can move mountains, keep me in the 
to prayer. Let's just, let's just talk to him a little bit. In your own way, just praise him tonight. Oh, for all that he's done for us, all that he's brought us through. Oh, how he's been faithful to us. We can praise his name. If we don't praise and lift up his name, the rocks will cry out. Oh, Jesus, we give you thanks. Oh, we give you praise, oh God, for your healing touch. Oh, for your salvation, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. You are awesome, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Murphy, could you open the service in a word of prayer? We have some prayer requests Brother Tim will bring when he comes to the pulpit. But if you have a need, let's lift it up before the Lord. Amen. He can see and answer that prayer, Brother Murphy. Let's bow our head. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, what a privilege that your children can have. Lord, can come to the house of a God to let off the pressure, Lord. Lord, we are living in a world that is full of oppression. And the devil and all the demons has been released to get on your bride and to try to take her down. But Lord, how we thank you. There is a one that is greater in us, that is far more greater than the one that is in the world. Lord, you have given us the word in this hour so that we can depend on our soul on it. The word can give us the strength. The word can give us the deliverance. The word can give us the protection. Lord, day in and day out, we can witness that our God is great. Lord, as it said in this song, has saying, our God is awesome. Lord, we're coming to the awesome presence of a God. That no, Lord, we're not just coming to a merely some mist, but Lord, we're coming to that reality. We're coming to that God that is not just in the book, but that God Himself has a dwell in the flesh, has been manifested Himself. That we can witness, Lord, that you're still alive today. Lord, that there are many needs that are among this body. But Lord, all this need can be met if we just let our faith rise up to take a hold of God's promise and go to the presence of God and sit in a heavenly place in Jesus Christ. Then all these things that has been bothered us, besetting us, all the sin and all the things that are in the world and try to take us down, Lord, it can be all dissipated. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for giving us the promise. Lord, our faith rested upon that. Lord, our faith rested upon the promise of the word of God. You give it to us. That if we believe, if we lay hands on the sick, Lord, the sick shall be recovered. So, Lord, we remember the different need of Sister Cheryl that is still in the hospital. Lord, I pray that the presence of God go to her room, Lord. No matter how Satan is try to put on a dark cloud and hanging it over there, but Lord... Let the light of God shine through. No matter how thick that darkness is, but our God dwell in the sickness of the darkness cleansed. Lord, we thank you, Lord. You give us the word so that we can claim the word, claim it at the promise of God, and send out the Holy Spirit. And no matter how desperate, how impossible seem the situation is, but there is nothing impossible for them that believe you, Lord. We thank you, Father. And for it, our dear sister Virginia, that her relative still in the lion's gate Lord I pray Lord we ever prayed and I know we prayed it again may the same presence that we felt all over here that go to that room Lord not only just save the body but Lord to save the soul as well 
We give you thanks. We give you glory. Lord, before we see anything happen, we want to give you glory because we know that our God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we know your word is still the truth. That God yesterday is still alive right here, right now, right at this moment, Lord. Start our faith to rise up and take it hold that the promise of a God. Oh, God, you do it in a miracle because you're an expert in a miracle-working God. So Lord, we give you all the thanks. Let God himself come on the scene, Lord. Lord, we come in need. We need the touch of God. Lord, we want that you touch us once more, Lord. We might have a lot of a need, but Lord, there's one need above all need. We want a closer walk with you, Lord. We want to consecrate our life, Lord. Lord, this is the time that the coming of the Lord. Lord, we can even feel the breath out of it. Lord, not because the world fall into the darkness, but Lord, you just draw so close to us, Lord. You want to speak love to us. You want to fellowship with us. Lord, the one moment that you come on the scene, Lord, tonight with your servant as he's standing behind the pulpit, Lord, one word from you can touch the soul, Lord. Lord, that's how I don't want it. Lord, I'm coming here ready, Lord. I'm not coming here ready for church. I'm coming here ready for God. You speak to me, Lord. Lord, you are the personal God. Would you come down to speak to us, Lord? If some heart is a cold, may the warmness of a God just melted all the coldness. If there's a heart that become far away from you, let the love of a God draw them closer. Lord, if it's a heart that doesn't even know you, Lord, may you show yourself, Lord. Not a God of a judgment, but a God that is speak love to us. That a God that said, I want to speak love to our heart and want to draw us near, draw us from all the filthiness of the world, all the desperate, there's no hope of this world, but draw us unto you, Lord. We commit ourselves to your hand. Use your servant, the brother Tim, as he's standing behind the pulpit. Lord, may we look beyond the flesh. But look to God that he come behind this veil, Lord, and started speaking to our heart. Lord, you know every situation. We commit them into your hand. Lord, we come here to praise you, to worship you. Lord, before you even meet at every need, we know your word will meet every need. So we give you all the praise and glory. We thank you, Lord. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. have your seats. Our brother Ray has a special for us just as he's coming. Got a quick announcement from our brother Michael for camp registration. They will be emailing that out um, to, to those who are to be registered. Um, if you don't get it in your regular email, they ask that you please check your junk mail and see if it's in there. And if you don't receive an email and you think you should receive one, then maybe contact Sister Megan and they can work that out for you. Amen. Brother Ray. How many are grateful for his mercy? As Brother John spoke last week, I found myself so appreciative of his mercy and his grace and this good old song came to our hearts i love my golden oldies feel free to join along as we praise his name 
us a pause. God search through heaven and couldn't find one willing to be the supreme sacrifice that was needed to buy eternal life for you and me had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary had it not been for the man called Jesus then forever my soul would belong well I'm so glad he was willing to drink that bitter cup although he prayed Father let it pass from me and I'm so glad he never called heaven's angels although he called from these hands pull the nails the torment me well had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary testify had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary had it not been for the aura get cross had it not been for a man called Jesus one more time.
Just as our brother Tim comes, can we sing all that thrills my soul is Jesus? Who can cheer the heart like Jesus by His presence all divine true and tender pure and precious oh how blessed to call 
soul this evening. Amen. Are you glad to be in church tonight? Amen. I'm glad to be in church tonight. I I feel bad for my wife. She's been home with the, she's had the virus going around. I don't know if anybody else have had it. I think a few have had it and uh, the children have had it and they're still battling with it. And I feel bad for her today because it's actually her birthday. And uh, so she's not only had to deal with sick children, but husband locked away in the study and all by herself and I just want to wish her a happy 39th birthday again (laughs) I don't know how many 39th birthdays she's going to have but uh, I'd be daring to say anything else hey brother Roy just stay there Amen. Greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I want to just make a couple of announcements. Sister Virginia is here from the Yukon. Sister Virginia, where are you at? Wave your hand. God bless you, Sister Virginia. Amen. She has a sick sister in the hospital in North Vancouver, and she come all the way from the Yukon to be with her. She's very sick, still in intensive care, still in intensive care there. And we're praying that God will touch her as Brother Murphy prayed, not just her body, but her heart. She needs the Lord Jesus Christ. I think you have something you want us to pray over. Why don't you just come and put it on the pulpit here while we're preaching today? And may the anointing of the Lord touch these gloves. Are those her gloves? These are her gloves. She's got a particular problem with her hands. The doctors are concerned of the use of her hand and her feet. So may the Lord anoint these. You can have these after the service. Amen. We'll just put those right there. May the presence of the Lord just touch them. And when they touch her, may it bring such an effect. Amen. I believe our God is supernatural. Amen. And uh, we also want to remember Sister Krista Bondi tonight has had a stroke uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before. And uh, it's very, very serious. The doctors aren't giving her much hope. She's just a real saint, a real lovely sister. And we want to remember her tonight also. Pray that God will touch her and uh, deliver her and uh, grant her the desire of her heart. Uh, We pray for that tonight. Let's just bow our heads together. If you have a, a need, why don't you... Hold that before the Lord also. Heavenly Father, we're gathered together as a family tonight. We're gathered together as the sons and daughters of God. We love you, Lord, not because we can be here, but we're happy we could be here. Lord, we love you because you opened our eyes to see. Lord, we love you because you gave us hope. 
Lord, we love you because you set us free from this present evil world and allowed us to into the glorious liberty of the sons and daughters of God. Lord, we're so grateful for your mercies to our lives individually. And we realize that being a body, there are those that are needy. Lord, that tonight we realize that some cannot be here. My own family could not be here tonight. Maybe others could not be here because of sickness. Lord, we just ask and we extend our prayers to them, Lord. We ask, Father, that your presence would go to them wherever they are, if they're streaming or whether they're not tonight. Lord, wherever they're gathered, Lord, may you just go by their way. As your prophet said, may the angel just move through that neighborhood. Lord, may you just breeze by their way and touch them. And Lord, may they feel the quickening of your presence in their mortal bodies. Lord, even those that are present here, if there be any sickness, Lord, may it be driven from this place. Lord, may it go in the name of Jesus Christ. We're claiming a complete atonement. We're claiming a redemptive blessing. We're claiming, Lord, that which was paid for at Calvary. It's ours by right, not because we're anything, but because the sacrifice was sufficient, Lord, for all of our needs. And Lord, we claim those blessings this evening. Lord, we remember Sister Bondi tonight. Father God, Lord, she's been such a saint, a sanctified one, one that, Lord, has been your daughter all these years. Lord, you know her. And now she's suffering. Oh, God, we pray, Lord, you'll take away her suffering, oh, Lord. We pray, Lord, you'll raise her up, oh God. We pray, Father, you'll give her the desire of her heart. Give her strength, Lord, all the days of her life. Until, Lord, you would gather her into your bosom. We commit her into your hands. We want just your will, Lord, not our will. We want, Lord, what's best for Sister Bondi. And thou knowest those things, oh God. Lord, we commit this service now to you. We're asking, Lord, that you'll just take complete control of the speaker and the hearer. Lord, those that are on the internet, whomever might be listening in, we just ask, Father, Lord, you know every heart. You know every need. You're the discerner, oh God. Lord, we're not the discerners. You are the discerner. And Lord, may you just move amongst your people. And Lord, may you give them what they have need of tonight. Oh, Lord, without you, we can do nothing. But by your divine hand and anointing, Lord, your word can move and deliver. Lord, you said your word is more powerful than a two-edged sword. It wasn't just a sword. It's more powerful. Oh, Lord, may it do that which you desire to do tonight. Above all, Lord, may it cause us to just love you a little bit more tonight. We thank you for your grace. We ask your blessing upon the reading and the speaking of your word in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn together to Ephesians chapter 1. Thank you, musicians. It's my first service since the watch night, and I just want to say thank you to all of those that labored in the watch night, all of those that sang, all of those that uh, entered into worship. I just sat at the back with my family and just enjoyed every part of it. God bless you, each and every one. If you had a part in it, whether it be a seen or an unseen part, 
God bless you for that. A service like that doesn't happen without a lot of effort. I even notice Brother Yomi on the piano. My goodness. Uh, were you on the piano? You were on watch night. And my, there's all kinds of hidden talents amongst us. Praise the Lord. We're blessed people. We're particularly blessed. Well, we're blessed to be here tonight. That's one thing. Uh, Brother Michael talked on Sunday about recognizing that we are the bride of Jesus Christ. I count it a blessing to speak to the bride of Jesus Christ. I'm not speaking to just anybody. I'm speaking to the bride. And because I'm speaking to the bride, that makes me very conscious of how I speak to you. And I hope you can realize who you are because I also try and realize who you are. That you might be, well, Brother Branham said in in one place, I was just reading it this week, he said, we should never get angry or want to hurt or destroy or anything. We should always be trying to build up. And that's my desire, and I trust it's your desire, one to another. May the Lord help us to build up one another in the stature of Jesus Christ, in the great knowledge of this gospel. You know, even if I never preached a word of this gospel, I would count it an honor just to know this message. Just to know this message is the greatest honor that God has on the earth today. I hope you feel like I do. I think most of you do. Let's take our Bibles and read in Ephesians chapter 1. I want to take a subject tonight of the maturity of love. If the Lord will help me and especially direct me, uh, there I've been speaking this year a lot on our position and the anointing of this hour and how God has sent his word to cause us to see who we are. And I was another service on that subject on Sunday and, and with Brother Michael and you know, we want to catch everything that we are and, and what it really means to be a son or a daughter of God. Because the mystery of God is the mystery of who you are. And if we could catch that mystery of who we are in Christ Jesus, then what could be against us? As Paul says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Ephesians 1 and verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And I know these are familiar scriptures here, but we'll just take an aspect of it tonight. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he's made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. There's no hour that can identify with this scripture like, uh, like this hour. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he has purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. And we know that inheritance is the inheritance that Adam lost in the beginning. And we have obtained it through Christ Jesus. 
Christ Jesus purchased it at Calvary, but in these last days has claimed it and revealed it. All right? And so, in whom we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according, there's the word again, to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Amen. The Lord had his blessing to the word. You may have your seats. Last time I spoke was largely a mission report, but I spent a little bit of time on the the purpose of God speaking out of Romans chapter 8. Several of the scriptures there in in speaking about the manifestation of the sons of God and the purpose of God. And Brother Branham deals with the subject of God's purpose largely, as I mentioned before, in the message Christ is the mystery of God revealed. As he said there, he says, God had a purpose and a hidden mystery. And that's what I want to speak on to the church this morning, the hidden mystery of God that he had in his mind before the world ever began. Now that it's unfolded itself right down to this present hour that we're living. All right, familiar quote to you as well. Now his purpose is your purpose. It's the mystery that was formerly hidden behind the seals. It really wasn't unveiled until this day of what the real purpose that God had in his mind, but now it is fully revealed. And so what is revealed is the purpose of your life. And, and I want to just take the converse for a moment or take the opposite for a moment. Let me just say, what is life if there's no purpose? What is life without a purpose? We know that we have free moral agency. Some people call it free will. And, but what if you have free moral agency or free will without a purpose? Then you think about it for a moment. Have you ever thought about that? If there was no purpose, then you're just, you're just wandering about in life, wondering what is it all about? And it's actually about nothing if there's no purpose. Amen? You know, it's... Life becomes then just confusion without a purpose. It becomes drifting without a purpose. Life becomes a pursuit of pleasure without a purpose. If there's no purpose, just eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you die. You know, if there's no purpose in life, then it's just do whatever feels good. Sure sounds like this age, doesn't it? You know, if there's no purpose in life, then it just becomes fleshly. It just becomes drifting from one idea to another idea, one crisis to another crisis, one human idea to another human idea, like the very age that we're living in. And so we see the age that we're living in, there's billions of people that don't know that there is a purpose in life, that God made this whole creation with a purpose. And there is a people on the face of the earth called the bride of Jesus Christ to whom God has revealed that purpose. He's made known to you that purpose. Or at least he's unveiled it so that you can go to him. As the Bible says, you can seek him and you will find him when you seek him with your whole heart. So you will find your purpose in life when you seek God with your whole life. Don't be mistaken, young people, young men, young women, whoever you are, there is a purpose for you. And God has called you to a purpose in this hour. And if you're walking in the light of this message, 
You have the greatest privilege of all the billions of people on the face of the earth to have the resource through which you can find your very purpose. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the reason that in our age addiction and suicide and immorality is so rampant is because people have lost their purpose. Now, Brother Branham makes a statement. He says, the purpose of God is in election. We went through it already last service that I spoke, so I'm not going to go into that in detail. But there is, a, there is something that God had in his thoughts. We know that God cannot think a new thought. He's, he's infinite. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. All these great attributes that we, that we uh, uh, put upon him, we know that he is great in all of his being. He's the purest fountain that there is. He is the fountain of all purity. He is the, the source of all love. You know, I was thinking about it as I was thinking about purpose. What would, what would human life be without the thought of love? If there was no love, just an animal life. There's no love between dogs. There's no love between cats or, or moose or deer or alligators or rhinoceros or whatever it might be. There's no rhinoceros love. Maybe somebody should write a song about that. I don't know. There's, no, there's none of that kind of love. But to you, love is so important. You're born into this world with a mother's love. Animal world has an instinct, but a human, a son or daughter of God has a love that goes beyond just instinct. And that's powerful and mighty in the, in, in, even in the sight of God, which you'll see as, as we come to it. So when there is, when there is this great uh, expectation as human beings that there, was, there is a love that we are partakers of, that the animal kingdom is not partakers of. I could, I could go right to the Garden of Eden and say, Adam knew what love was, and the serpent did not know what love was. To the serpent, it was only a physical act. But to Adam, it was much more than that. Amen. That's what God's looking for. God has a purpose. So because there's a purpose, I'll say, if there was no purpose, then there's no perfect will of God. But because there's a purpose, there's a perfect will of God, and there's a permissive will of God. And, and we sometimes fall into the permissive will of God, and as Brother Branham said, you know, God will still turn his permissive will to glorify his perfect will. But God doesn't want us walking in his permissive will. But we came into the world in his permissive will. We, came, we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come into the world speaking lies. That's permissive will. We weren't meant to be born this way. We were meant to be born by the spoken word of God. So when we come in contact with the word of God and we are quickened by the word of God, now we have been changed from the permissive will to the perfect will. Amen. Now we realize we're not just the sons and daughters of earthly parents, but we're sons and daughters of God. We've left the permissive will and come to the perfect will. Amen. Why? Because God had a purpose in that, that we would be born again into the kingdom of God. Brother Brown said in one place, he says, if there was no God, he says, I would just want to leave here. 
He says, life has no meaning when there's no God. I'll say life has no meaning when there's no love because God is love. Life has no meaning when there's no purpose because our God has a purpose. Now, in dealing with the purpose of God, Brother Branham, I'll just lay some things out here. You can study them if you want. You can read them. You can do whatever you want with them. I'm going to just tell them to you. In that, Brother Branham, not only in Christ the mystery of God revealed, dealt largely with the purpose of God, but also before the eternal purpose was revealed, he dealt with the purpose of God in our lives in a series called Adoption. And if you actually uh, go to that series, it's, it's very significant because of several things, and it'll tie in tonight, in that number one, he preached this series right after he was caught across the curtain of time. So there's something happened there that made him preach the series. And I want you to realize that, you know, a prophet of God does something for a reason. And the Holy Spirit, though the word was not open yet as far as the opening of the seals. So we say the word was not fully open yet. But yet, back there in 1960, he preached Rejected King, where, where he, he talked about the crossing beyond the curtain of time. And the very next service was Adoption Part 1. Ephesians parallels Joshua. And so you can go and read from that point in 1960, and you'll find many things there. And in those meetings of the four services of adoption, he deals with Ephesians 1, and he deals with Romans chapter 8, which was the scripture we referred to last service, verses 16 to 23. And these four services are called Ephesians parallels Joshua, position in Christ, Manifest, I'm sorry, I got it in the wrong order. Ephesians parallels Joshua, manifested sons of God. That's what we spoke on last time. Position in Christ, and the part four was called adoption. All right, are you with me so far? All right, just laying some, as preachers like to say, just laying some foundation. I realize that means nothing to you. We say it for our own benefit, you know. Uh, What is the foundation, Brother Tim? I trust you're with me tonight. You know, Brother Branham says, and I'm I'm going to, I guess you could say I'm not going to preach at you tonight, but I want to lay some things in. in. In Adoption 1, let me just refer to something here. He says, death, now remember, he's just caught across the curtain of time. He says, death does not, completely diminish us as we weep and lament at the grave. It only changes our dwelling place. It takes us from a place to, and then he, he stops mid-sentence. He says, what is age? He says, if I live one more hour, I'll outlive many 16-year-old persons. I'll outlive many 5-year-old persons. Age is nothing. We're just set here for a purpose, to do something. Well, now, many of these little pretty-faced mothers sitting here, some of them 60 or 70 years old, would say, well, what have I done, Brother Branham? You've raised your children. You've done what you were supposed to do. 
Maybe some old dad sitting here say, well, I've harrowed the fields. I've done this. I've never preached. But you did just what God sent for you to do. There's a place for you. All right. So now I, I want you to catch this. That's right at the beginning of part one of adoption. Now, right at the end of part four of adoption, he comes right back to that same place. He says, if each one of you here now has not been positionally placed, you might not be nothing but a housewife. You might say, Brother Branham, I never done a thing in my life. I'm not a preacher. Well, maybe God brought you here to raise a family of children, and out of that family of children may come another family of children. And that'll be a preacher that'll send a million souls to Christ. You had to be here. You're here for a purpose. Do you know that? Well, you say, I never, all I ever done was harrow across these old clods and I take out early evening and don't know how to make my kids a living, don't know how to make my kids a living. I looked at the poor little fellows with no shoes on. I sat and cried and I got an old buggy and me and Ma went down to the church. Don't worry, brother. You just keep loving him. He's got a purpose for you. You just stay right the way you are. Just go right on. You might not never preach a sermon. You might not, but you might be, excuse me, you might not never preach a sermon, but you might be the great grandfather of one that'll do it. Amen. 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 It doesn't matter what God called you to stay in your purpose. Be what God called you to be. Brother Branham, in, the, in part one, he goes on a little bit later. He says, see, it's, it's a process of getting us ready to inherit the promise. That's why we're here. It's, you're in a process of getting you ready to inherit the promise. A lot of people have a misconception of heaven and a misconception of God's blessings and that they think, well, you know, I just believe on Jesus and then I got all the eternals, I got all the blessings, I got all the treasures, I got streets of gold, I got everything. No, God gets you into a process to get ready to inherit the promise. Amen. You might, you might, when you first get saved, you might even know that, might not even know that healing is your inheritance. But God gets you ready to inherit the promise. You might not know that he's your provider. You might not know that he's your deliverer. You might not know a lot about God. You might just know that you're a sinner and you need to be saved. And you give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. But that puts you into a process. Amen. There's a process because you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. It's not just about being a, some kind of a church-going Christian like Brother Michael said. We don't want to be that kind of a church that is just church-going, and we aren't. I should add more amens than that. And we aren't. We're not just a bunch of churchgoers. We're sons and daughters of the living God. God has sent a message. He sent a message to me. If I, like we've said many years ago, if only one's going to make it, I'm going to make it because it's my message and you have to have the same reality and the same revelation in your own life. You are the one that he has called through this message. Amen. We appreciate all that the community of a, a family of believers can supply. We appreciate being able to gather our licks of fire together. Appreciate the atmosphere that can happen in a service. 
We appreciate that a sinner can walk in and feel this atmosphere that we have become so accustomed to. But they've maybe never felt it in their lives. And they come into a service like this, a real service of a real church with a real message, with the real Holy Ghost. Not just some psychology, not just some made up something, but they come into an atmosphere. Brother Bram said, it's all about atmosphere. He says, Brother uh, um, Bosworth would tell him, he says, Brother Branham, you could put an egg under a puppy and it would hatch because it's about atmosphere. If you could get the puppy to sit still long enough, it just got to provide the warmth. And that's why, you know, I'm so glad that we have a people here that is a body of Jesus Christ that says, my position is important. It's important that I'm in church. Amen. Somebody might get saved. Somebody might get healed tonight. I want to be there and help create the atmosphere. I want to be there and feed on the word of God. I want to be there and be lifted up into the presence of God. Amen. Don't we all feel that way? Amen. It's a process of getting ready to inherit the promise. In part three, Brother Branham says, what am I talking about? Here at, Brother, here at Branham Tabernacle, you've had your chance. When a man once is anointed with the Holy Ghost... To be, a no, a point, excuse me, to be adopted into the family of God. To be positionally placed by the Father. And set into service out here. Into his purpose of life. And what God has called him for. And then he says his walk must be holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. See, it's not just now haphazardly being a Christian. It's, Lord, how do you want me to live? It's a process of getting ready to inherit the promises. God's got you in a channel. You know, I could, I, I've been thinking a lot lately about patience. Brother Branham spoke about it in the Church Age book, Patience. We, with patiently, we patiently inherit the promise. With patience, inherit the promises. You know, there's, Brother Branham said, if God... If, if, if God gave you everything you asked for immediately when you asked for it, you would have no patience. That doesn't take away that it's, no, that it's yours. It's already yours. It's already paid for at Calvary. But God knows what we have need of. Amen? Do you believe him? And the believer that comes to God and is born again, Brother Branham says now, God is getting him into a walk with him that is holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. So God is dealing with us of how to live. These are elementary things tonight. He's dealing with us of how to live. Do you know how you live is important? How you live. We could, we could say it about, you know... If you love the world or the things of the world, the love of God is not even in you. But that, that's not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about a life that is consecrated to God. We're sons and daughters of God. We need to know how to live. Only the word of God can show us how to live. Amen. That's why we don't have coffee shops in the back. 
I was in a church last year that had a coffee shop in the back. You get a coffee while you're at church. This is the house of God. This is the place of his presence. This is not casual. This is not something where we just, you know, come to church and haphazardly, oh, well, you know, it's, it's a nice service. No, I, and I know you agree with me. I'm just, I'm just reflecting your own thoughts. We don't come here for any other reason than to meet with God. If only one person came to church tonight, I would still preach. We did during COVID. Doesn't matter how many were here. We'd just preach. We just lay the word in. Whatever God would lay on our hearts. Believing and expecting that it's going to produce Jesus Christ in a people. That's our desires and our, our burden. And, and so only the word of God can show us how to live. Live a separated life. I, I keep coming back to it so I've got to say it. If, if I could say it to the young people. There's a reason your parents are strict. There's a reason that a believing father and a believing mother keep the world out of the home. You say amen to that? Why? Because they want the presence of God in the home. They don't want every worldly thing. You know, you can't hardly, I forget what it was, something my kids had. Someone was giving them for Christmas and I, I, I said to my wife, I said, I hope nobody takes any offense to this, but I said, get rid of it. I said, I won't have that in my home. I'm not going to go into what it was or why it was so wrong, but it was of the world. And it was innocently given. You know, it wasn't something, it was just a little book and, and, and something. And I, I got looking at it and I got discovering the source of it and all those kind of things. And You know, when, when, my, when my children get little books, I read them. I hope you read them. Parents, I hope you read them and see what, what, what is it. I, want, I, had, I had some books that ended up in the home. My wife had got a hold of them, and, and they were books that were uh, Bible stories. And I got, I got flipping through them. I think Brother Tom mentioned something like this, too. And I got flipping through them, and I thought, that is so off the word. That, I said, sorry, dear, but these books are going to disappear. And uh, I am not going to read these stories to my children. If I want Bible stories, I want Bible stories that line up with the Word of God. Whatever my children play, whatever they do, I don't want nothing that's contradictory to the Word of God. I'm on this vein anyway. I might as well say it. And I'm quite concerned about the music that comes along with a lot of these toys. My son got a little... um, we bought him a little uh, marble thing. They make a, you build a thing and it, the marble goes through the whole thing and it uh, it's a, kind of creates a maze or a track or something. I don't know how to describe it. It's a marble race or something. And, uh, and then one of the objects, it has a spinning wheel and you turn the spinning wheel on and the music comes on. And the music was terrible. And I said, sorry guys. But that particular piece you cannot use. I won't even have the wrong music in a little toy in my home. I don't want it. I don't want the world. Because I'm a son of God, I want God to be near. 
I'm not, I'm not trying to be fanatical. I'm not talking about little nursery rhymes or anything. I'm, I'm talking about worldly music and those kind of things. You got the Holy Spirit. You discern what's right and what's wrong. I hope you're with me tonight. If you're not, just call me crazy, whatever you want. But, you know, Brother Branham said, as I read last time, he says, Lord, I'm blessed to be here in your presence today. So glad that there is still a remnant that keeps the spirit of the Lord moving in their midst by their consecration and their love and their devotion to you. Amen. We want to keep his presence near. So the, because we want to live the way he wants us to live, that he might live through us. Because we know that the purpose of God is to express his attributes on the earth. We are his attributes. We were in his thoughts before the foundation of the world. We are the expression of what God's purpose was, now made manifest in the last days. And where the bride of Jesus Christ is God's attributes expressed in sonship. I made that statement for a very particular reason because there are other things that are in the mind of God like the 144,000. We're not the 144,000. All right, that's the Jews that God will redeem out of the tribulation time. We're not the foolish virgin. Amen. Those are the ones that are going to suffer in the tribulation time and, and seal their testimony with their own blood. We're not those at the white throne judgment that receive a blessing because of something good they did to the bride of Jesus Christ. Something they, good they did to the elect of God. A glass of water, visit them in prison, clothe them, whatever more it might be. We're not those people. We are the ones called the sons and daughters of God. We're the ones that the Bible says that all of creation is waiting for the manifestation or revelation of the sons of God. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. As brideship or bride position has been made known in these last days by a prophet of God. He has come and opened the word of God and brought the revelation of what it really means to be a bride. And by being a bride, we can truly express what sonship is all about. Now, what is sonship? What does it mean to be a son of God? Or what is, what is the position of sonship? Sonship basically is to be like the father. In character, in decisions, in love. To be like the father in expression. Brother Madam goes through that in the adoption series. And he talks about a son he talks about one son that's not like his father. And he never gets adopted. But then he talks about another son that's like his father. And because he's like his father, he's got the nature, the characteristics, the likeness. The, he's got the Holy Spirit as a tutor. And he's, he's expressing God's likeness. And then the father looks at, down upon him and says, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. That's adoption. That's placing, and that's what God has in his mind. And the opening of the word of God in the last days is to bring us back to the full inheritance of that sonship. What Adam lost in the Garden of Eden, what Jesus came to restore, and was the firstborn of the creation of God. In other words, he was the firstborn amongst many brethren. He was the first one of us. He was the first one of us. And he gave his life that his life might come back in us so that we could come to Romans chapter 8, which says the spirit that is within us bears witness that we are the children of God. 
Amen. If he didn't give his life at Calvary and let that spirit flow out of him and flow into the bride at Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, then there never would have been a witness to say, I am a son of God. But because you are a son of God, you have a witness. Hallelujah. You have a witness. You have a Holy Spirit. You walk out there in the world and the Holy Spirit is moving on your life saying, that's not you. You're a son of God. That's not you. You're a daughter of God. You can't wear that. You're a daughter of God. You can't do that. You're a son of God. When you've got the Holy Spirit within you, it's constantly washing you. It's constantly correcting you. It's constantly leading you. It's constantly guiding you. It's the Holy Spirit tutoring you in everyday life to make you a vessel that God can express himself through. Because a son is to be like his father. That's what sonship is all about. That's what adoption is about. That's what placing is about. It's not just knowledge, but it's character, it's decisions, and greatest of all, it's the projecting of God's love. Now, let me go through a, little, a few more quotes here. I'm not going to keep you long tonight. Famous last words. A man that bridles his tongue is perfect in all his ways. Isn't that the scripture? You know, just say the right thing. I'm just, I'm just speaking it. Lord, help me prophesy. I'm not going to keep you long tonight. Amen. Now, Brother Brown says in part two of adoption, he says, now what is adoption? He says, your adoption is not your birth. Your adoption is your placing. All right? Remember that statement. I'm just going to read some statements here. In part three, he says this. He says, after you're adopted, you're placed. Then you understand after the ceremony, he calls it a ceremony. After the ceremony said, you've been put into the body correctly. You're a son, sure. A daughter, when you're born again. That's your birth. But now you're positionally placed. You see, it's a process, Brother Branham says. All right? He goes on, he says, just because you spoke in tongues. I've seen devils speak with tongues. Yes, sir. I've seen them dance in the spirit, shout and so froth at the mouth and everything else. All that. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about the spirit of God. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. He says, he goes on, he says, what's everything waiting on? What's the whole creation waiting for? The manifestation of the sons of God. It's waiting for the church to become into its position. Who was the son of God when Adam, where was his domain? The earth. He had a domain on the earth. Is that right? He wasn't Ella, Ella, Elohim. He was Jehovah. That is, I am God, and I've made some lesser ones under me. I've given them a dominion, and in their domain, the dominion under them is the earth. Man had dominion over the earth, and the whole of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be manifested. All right. Now, that's a lot of words to get in there. But now let's go back to the opening and the closing statement. If you're a housewife, stay in your position. In your position, you have dominion. If you're a farmer, he says, stay in your position. Because in your position, you have dominion. Serve God in the place that he put you in. 
Be a son of God wherever it is that God places you. Because when you're in position, nothing can stop you. Because we've come back now to full inheritance. We've come back to the full revealing of the mystery. And so there's nothing the devil can do to stop you from your inheritance when you realize who you are. When it's revealed to you. Because that is the manifestation of the sons of God, is the revelation of the sons of God. He says, is is that right? God trying to place his church in position, listen now, God trying to place his church in position to manifest himself. You want to see God? Be in position. I got three amens on that one. Praise the Lord. You want to see God? Be in position. Be where God puts you. Well, Brother Tim, I don't know my position. Well, what position are you in right now? Stay there. If God wants you to move, he'll show you something else. It's it's not something deep. It's not something afar off. It's where God called you. God has watched over your life since you were born. He put you into the family he wanted you in. He gave you the sufferings he wanted you to have. He wanted you to go through the things that you're going through. Because it all has a purpose. And as long as you stay in the purpose of God. The purpose of God is not that you're sick. The purpose of God is not that you're suffering. The purpose of God is the part of the body of Jesus Christ that you are. Amen. You know, if, if if we were all preachers, we'd never have a watch night service. If we were all preachers, we'd never have a camp. If we're all preachers, what's the use of doing anything else? Well, just preach to one another. No, that's not what it's all about. Preachers are servants to the body. That God gifts them to open up the word of God and say some things under the inspiration that's going to strike your heart and draw you a little closer to Jesus Christ. Make you a little more in love with God. He says, he says, um, he wants to get... One that he can work through and say, there, there's my spirit flowing freely. There it is. Get another one over here and place him. I can place him. Adoption, placing, manifesting. Take him out here. Put a ceremony on him. Visit him with an angel. Tell him something. Now, if he's told the truth, if he's just making something up, it won't work. That won't work. We've had a lot of that. But I mean manifestations of the sons of God. When God manifests himself and he sends him out, then he goes forth and what he says is truth and what he does is truth and what he does, he manifests Christ. Listen to this now. How do you judge him? By the way he stays with the word. Right with the word. I've talked to sisters over the years and you just... You know, give them a little opportunity to go off the word or to say, so, well, you know, it's all right. And then, you know, uh, you know, don't worry about it. No, it's just, I believe God's got it under control. I believe God has it under control. I believe it's mine. I thought, there's a daughter of God in her position. Excuse me, Sister Eileen, but, you know, I love it when she testifies. She gets a little sick and she's just up there. That devil doesn't stand a chance. She knows who she is. Amen. She knows her position in Christ. 
And, and it's, it's not some great big knowledge. It's just standing, knowing what God has revealed to you. Amen. The greatest thing you can do as a son of God is project love the way God projects love. Love conquers everything. When love is projected, grace comes in to help it. Then it's real conquering love. Another place, Brother Bram says, when you will love God and believe God, grace will project the object that you ask God. Another place, he says, divine love had been projected to the heart of God of love and sovereign grace sent back the vision for the healing of the child. And he was talking about the, the, the woman in Mexico with the dead baby. He says, he says, divine love had been projected to the heart of God of love and sovereign grace sent back the vision for the healing of the child. Hallelujah. Love had been projected, and love conquers everything. Brother Branham says, you don't get it by emotions. You can't get it by scholarship. You never get it by education. You never get it by sensations. You get it by love. You believe him and take his word for it. This is in 1957. And when you take his word, that makes you love him. And you get what you've asked for. All right. I'm laying some principles in here. I want you to realize something. He says, you don't get it by emotions. You don't get it by scholarship or by education. In other words, you, can't, you can never learn enough to get it. You don't get it by sensations. You can never get yourself into the right feeling. Oh, if I could just feel his presence. If I could just feel something. You don't get it that way. You might feel his presence. That's all right. He says you get it by love. Love is, how do you love the Father? Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. You, love, you show your love to him, and when you show your love to him, that makes his grace respond back and produce the result that you're looking for. It's just a love of God that produces everything. Because God is love, and out of love, he projected his family. Now, we can go back in the Bible as an example. as we, We're right down to the last 10 minutes here. And we see this in Joseph, and how that Joseph... You know, the suffering that he had to go through. And the Bible says in Romans 8 that the suffering is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. All right. So Joseph had to go through a lot of sufferings. And you know the suffering of his life, how he was, how he was uh, sold into slavery. Then he was purchased by Potiphar. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. And then he was thrown into prison and spent many years in prison and helped out the baker and the butler. And, and more the butler than the baker, of course, the, the baker died. But, you know, the butler went back to the Pharaoh's house and he was forgotten another couple years in the prison. And then finally, after two full years, something happened that 
that changed Joseph's life. Now, the suffering that he went through is not worthy to be compared to the glory of his position. The glory of his position. The glory of your position that God brings you to as a mother, as a father, as a husband, as a wife. You know, all of the things that you go through is not worthy to be compared to the glory of being placed positionally in the body of Jesus Christ. And there was Joseph in his, in his position as the governor. He wasn't just the governor. He was the law of the land. Whatever he said was the law. And after all of his suffering now, his, his brothers come through. We know that they come to get some food. And, and, and he could have looked at them and through his suffering... Through his bitterness, he could have looked at his brothers and made an expression out of suffering. Knowing that all of the bitterness that he endured through life was because of these men. Everything was their fault. But Joseph was a perfect type of Christ. And Christ was the love of God expressed to the world. And Joseph looking on, the bro- on his brothers, he didn't hate them, he loved them. Amen. And so he projected love to them to bring them into position where they could be fed. He, really, he had realized that his suffering had been for a purpose. I have to dwell on this subject. I don't know who it's for or what it's for. But, you know, sometimes we go through life in Laodicea. There's a lot of mental suffering. There's a lot of suffering of, uh, of relationships broken. Certainly if you come into the message of the hour, I think Brother Tom mentioned it on Sunday or or, or maybe another time he talked about his own, you know, when he come into the message and rejected of his family and those kind of things. Many, many of us are. And that, there's a suffering that goes with that. And you're just trying to share the good things with your family, but the family can't accept it because their eyes aren't open. And so we lose family. Not that we want to lose family, but we do. Anybody with me? Listen, those of you that are raised in the message, you are a privileged people. I said to my, my in-laws, Brother Gill and Sister Karen, I see they're not here tonight. She's fighting the virus too. And, and uh, what do you say, boo devil? You know, I said to them, I said, I am so thrilled for the first time in my life to have grandparents that believe this message for my children. I am so thrilled by that. You don't know what it means to have grandparents that are pulling another direction. And family members that are trying to pull off this away. I'll tell you what. We are a blessed people. We are a blessed people. And that's what Joseph realized. That his suffering had been for a purpose. God had placed him. All of the dreams meant something. Everything it took many, many, many years. It's a process. And God molded him. And now he come into position, but he was in position not to uh, be angry, not to be upset, not to hurt or tear down, but he was in position to build up. He was in position to love, to project love. Because if Joseph would project love, that would trigger something in God. And this is what I want to get to tonight. Brother Jean, he, 
He read a quote last Wednesday. It really struck me. He, he just quoted one little sentence. He says, love is the justice of God. Powerful statement. And I thought, I've got to go back and read that. So I'm actually going to read you the full quote because it's very powerful. Very powerful. Talks about the purpose of God. Are you still with me tonight? All right. Brother Brown says, sin must be dealt with. This is from Perfection 1957, Easter Revival Series. It says, sin must be dealt with. And God, in his great infinity, his great love, the law was to separate the sinner from the maker. Then he become annihilated and totally annihilated. There would be no way for him to ever come back unless that sin was dealt with. And it would be very for easy then to believe in a total annihilation of the sinner at the end, for he's completely forever separated from the presence of God. It says, now notice this sin and how God, being just, he could do nothing else but be just. That was, wasn't that wonderful last Wednesday? How Brother John brought that out of the characteristics of God. For he is the resource of all justice. You want real justice? God has real justice. Amen. He says, then there would be nothing else for him to do but to place the penalty for this transgression. And the penalty was death. And he says, the day you eat thereof, that day you shall surely die. Now, it's a dark picture we have here. But then if we go back just a little further and find out the very attributes of God, the Bible plainly tells us that God is love. But yet, being love, he has to be just. So love does not mean just a thing that can be petted and played with. Love is the justice of God. There's that statement. He says, now, when God seen that his children, that's us, his children, had transgressed his law and that they must die the death, then sovereign love stepped in to make a way. For God seen that these children was to be absolutely, totally annihilated from his presence. There was nothing else to be done, for they had transgressed his law, and the penalty of his law was death. Oh, I wish I was a dramatic preacher like Brother Michael. I can really dramatize this. The penalty was death. They had transgressed the law. The day you eat thereof, that day you die. You will not partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't touch it lest you die. And it was something that they were, they were admonished and they were commanded to do. And if you love me, keep my commandments. And they were not deceived. Adam was not deceived, rather. But he knew exactly what the commandments of God was. But love had to come on the scene. All right. So then, then they fell and Eve partook of it and fell in the, with the serpent. And then Adam partook of it also. And Brother Adam goes on. He says, then the love of God went out for his subjects. When divine love is projected, sovereign grace produces the object of the love. And I read that statement and it blew me away. Because you may not even remember, I preached on the object of the love. 
actually many years ago. Because there's, there's actually in the Bible three statements, uh, uh, three forms of love in the New Testament or three forms of agapo. It's agape, agapo, and agapetos. And agape is love just as it exists. It's just the existence of love. God is love. God always was love, but God was alone. So there was no projecting of love. It was just love that exists. But then there's agapo, which is love that is projected. God so loved the world. This is my commandment that you love one another. It's a projection of love. But then agapetos is the object of the love. So there has to be something that love is projected to. And actually in the, in the New Testament, it's not, it's not translated love. It's translated beloved. You see, you are the beloved of God. And he is your beloved. Amen. And you might have those around you that are the beloved. In other words, the object of the love of God that's within you. And Brother Branham says when love is projected out to the object, sovereign grace will come on the scene and produce the object. Hallelujah. What is the object? The object is that which God saw in his mind. The object is that which was in his thoughts. In his thoughts was a bride. Hallelujah. In his thoughts was a people without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. And when God projected that thought, that had to come into existence. Amen. It's love projected. You might not see yourself that way. You might look at yourself and see all your faults like I do. And you wonder, you know, how you, where you, are you ever going to get to a place? And we realize that in this flesh, we're not going to get to that place. There's got to be a body change before we get to the place that the soul is crying for. That's why the spirit within us makes intercession with groanings that cannot even be uttered. There's something moving within us. We're desiring something that this body can't possess. But one day, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the love that's on the inside will burst out and produce the object. Brother Brown says, if you need healing, he says, envision yourself well. Now, how are you going to produce that? He says, walk into the vision. But how are you going to produce that? You're going to have to project love. Because only love projected is going to bring grace on the scene to produce the object. Well, Brother Tim, if I'm, pro- if I'm producing, uh, if I'm believing myself to be well, how do I pro- project love to that object? You project love to God. And as you project love to God, Lord, it doesn't matter how I feel. I love you anyway. Lord, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. I love you anyway. I thank you that you've already provided for my healing. By your stripes, I'm already healed. You're the God that heals all of my sicknesses and diseases. Oh, I just love you, Lord. It's not just because you want what you want. It's because you love him. Love conquers everything. And when love is projected, it makes grace come on the scene and produce the result. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Simple. The last two preachers says is simple. This is simple too. God's love projected has to produce the result. It says sovereign grace produces the object of the love. And God, by foreknowledge, when he loved his race so well, 
Yet with the penalty, he caused the substitutionary death to take place in the Garden of Eden. That was, he substituted an innocent creature, a little lamb that knowed no sin. And it went for a substitute to work and to die in the stead of the guilty sinner. It was a lamb slain to hold forth the life of his subjects. Now, why did God do that? Just because his children sinned? I I just believe it was more than that. Matter of fact, I was talking it over on the phone one day with Brother John. And we were talking on this subject. And I, I just said, you know, we were talking about Adam's love for Eve and all of that. And I just, I just saw that Adam, of course I've preached on it before, but Adam had a choice of perfection or love. That's the choice. How important is love? Love is more important than perfection. I'll tell you why it's more important. Because when Eve sinned, God did not come down immediately and judge her. God waited to see what Adam was going to do. And it was Adam's love for Eve that made him partake of the same sin. He, did, he was not deceived, the Bible said. He knew exactly what it was. If I partake of this sin, I lose all of my dominion. I lose my inheritance. I lose the, my position as God of the earth and all of those things. But there was something in him that he knew. But if I lose Eve, I've lost everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? There was something inside that said, I know it's wrong. I know it's evil. But I got to have my wife. I got to bring her back. She's part of me. She's flesh of my flesh. She's bone of my bone. She's life of my life. She's the feminine part of me. I got to have her regardless if it costs me everything. I like how Brother Jean talked about it and he talked about how that Jesus, God himself in flesh, came down from eternity, left all of eternity behind to partake of our fallen nature, to partake, not partake, but to to take on himself our sins. The sinless became sin for us that the sinful might become sinless. Amen. He became me that I might become him by grace. It was Adam's love for Eve that triggered the love of God to come down into the Garden of Eden and recognize that if Adam can love Eve that much, I can love my children that much. And that just sounds in a human way of saying it, but God came down in in so much loving of his children. Brother Branham says, it made him provide a token there in the Garden of Eden. It made him provide a sacrificial lamb. It made him make a way for Adam Adam and Eve to come back into fellowship, though they lost everything. But yet God made a way for them to survive. 
under the blood of a lamb, recognizing that there would be a greater lamb that was to come. Hallelujah. When Brother Branham says, when love is, divine love is projected, sovereign grace produces the object of that love. I think I started thinking about it as the love trigger. How important now is it for sons of God to love? You want to see God on the scene? Project love. You want to see God for your children? Love them. I'm sorry, that's how he spoke to me. The presence of God came down in that room. I couldn't even talk. I just saw something that I thought I'd seen it before. But I just saw it in a greater way than ever. You want to see God come on the scene? Just love them. Just love them. Love them. Project the love of God to them. Brother Brown says it's not some wishy-washy thing. Some reality of the power of God. Lord, you say, oh, Brother Tim, I am. I am projecting love. That's wonderful. Keep projecting love. And keep thanking God. God's working on your patience. Praise the Lord. God's working on your patience. He's still working on mine. God's working on your patience. Just be, keep believing him. Keep loving him. Because when love is projected, it can't help but bring sovereign grace on the scene to produce the results. Hallelujah. It's got to be that way. When Abraham went after Lot, it was after that that he met Melchizedek. Amen? When he went after his lost brother, and Abraham reached out to him out of love to bring him back from captivity. God came on the scene and met Abraham there. When Abraham loved Ishmael, Ishmael wasn't even in the covenant. But Abraham loved Ishmael so much till God said, All right, Abraham, I'll bless Ishmael for your sake. I've heard you about Ishmael. My covenant's with Isaac, but I'll even bless Ishmael because of your love for Ishmael. Think about it. If that's so with Abraham, isn't it so with the children of Abraham? Isn't it so with you and me when you're looking for God to come on the scene for somebody, your loved ones, whatever it might be? It, we, we know we saw it in Jesus Christ, but now it's to be in bride form. When God sees it in you, this is sonship. This is the maturity of divine love. When God sees his love in sons and daughters of God, I have one last quote. Brother Branham said, and he was just across the curtain of time. He says, thus saith the Lord, it'll take perfect love to put you in that place. For that's all that was there. That's all there was there. No matter how many, how much religious demonstrations, how many deeds you've done, whatever you've done, that, that won't count nothing on that day. Oh, we could go down the list. Doesn't matter if you spoke in tongues. Doesn't matter if you've seen visions. Doesn't matter if you dream dreams. Doesn't matter if you prophesied. Doesn't matter whatever you've been through in a religious realm. Without perfect love, you won't be there. That's all that's there. So sons and daughters of God have come now to the age of the full expression of God's love. 
Hallelujah. He says, so whatever you do, you lay aside everything else until you are just so filled with the love of God till you can love those who hate you. That's the atmos test. Atmos. That's a litmus. Thank you. Litmus test. That's what it takes. Can I love those that hate me? Oh, I pray I do. You know, and it's, and it's not just... Oh, if we had time, but we're, we're way out of time. Musicians come. It's not just a matter of, of loving somebody. But if you could really see that the, the, the maturity of the love of God that he wants to see. Projected from his sons. Projected from his daughters. Because when you project love, you're projecting God. Do you realize that? When you project love, you're projecting God. You say, oh, Brother Tim, I, 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 I have the Holy Ghost. Isn't that good enough? Well, potentially. It's a process. When you got the Holy Ghost, you got love. You got God's love in you. But what is it that brings everything to pass? It's the right mental attitude towards the divine promises. It's not just what it is in your soul. It's not just love in your soul. It's love projected. And the power of God that's in the inner man needs to be projected out. And the only thing that can stop it from being projected the way it's meant to be projected in sons and daughters of God is your own spirit, your own thoughts. The mental attitude. You get the right mental attitude lined up with God's word and project God's love. You watch the supernatural take place. Is that all right? Let me just reiterate for this age. If it would have just taken repentance and justification to be there, Brother Ram says, it takes perfect love. But if it would have just taken repentance and justification, Luther would have had the rapture. If it would have just taken sanctification, living a clean life, being separated from the things of the world, Wesley would have had the rapture. If it would have taken gifts of the Spirit and those kinds of manifestations of the Spirit, then the Pentecostals would have had the rapture. That's not our day. Now is the hour of the revelation of the sons of God. Now is the time that God is revealing himself in the bride of Jesus Christ. And all he wants from you and all he wants from me is just to let God project his love through us. Do you accept that tonight? Let's stand together. I wonder if we could sing that old hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. You know, the most times that, the most frequent time, or it seemed like the most emphasis that Brother Branham had on projecting love was 1956. And then on into 1957. 
He dealt a lot in that year with the projection of love. See, why are you telling us that, Brother Tim? That was the year that Brother Branham said America will accept or reject the gospel this year. He wasn't preaching on the opening of the seals. He wasn't preaching on his prophetic office. You know, they might have spoke on it, but he wasn't preaching on other, uh, emphasizing on a lot of things. But what he was emphasizing on, when divine love is projected, then sovereign grace comes on the scene. Time after time after time during that year, and on into 1957, he preached that subject. What was he telling to the church? That's what the gospel is about. This gospel... This reality that we live. It's not about. Well I'm not going to worry what it's not about. It's about getting so in tune with God. Till all you can see is God's love. Say well brother Tim. There's things that are wrong in the world. Don't worry. God's love is his justice. If there's justice needs to be done, just project the love of God. Let God take care of the rest. It's all encapsulated in there. How do I get more of the love of God? Well, I'll just say this. Number one, you need to be born again. That'll give you the love of God. That'll give you the Holy Ghost. Because when Brother Branham was caught onto the other side, he said... He was wondering, what, what, how can I describe this? What is this? And I think it was the angel of the Lord that told him, this is what you preached was the Holy Ghost. This is divine love. What you're experiencing here is divine love. He came back a changed man. He came back with a, with a fresh understanding of God's purpose in his life on this earth and the realization of where we're going to. Aren't you glad you have a purpose? Amen. Aren't you glad you're a son of God? Aren't you glad you're a daughter of God? No matter what's happened to you, I encourage you tonight, lay it aside. Lay it aside tonight and look to the Lord and say, Lord, great is thy faithfulness. Lord, I just want to reflect you. I just want to be your your vessel in this hour that can project the right atmosphere. As Brother Branham said in the token message, create an atmosphere around about me. The things that I think about, the things that I look upon, the things that I do, Lord, help me to create the right atmosphere that it'll create something in other people's lives. How many desire that tonight? Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassion. They fail not. Great thou hast been thou forever. Oh, aren't you glad for that tonight? Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see, all I have needed thy hand has provided, great is thy faithfulness, 
pardon for sin. Pardon for sin and endure it. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with. Yes, Lord. Oh, let's sing it to him tonight. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, in mercies I see. All I have needed and has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. I'm amazed that you love me. I'm amazed that you love me. I'm amazed how you care through your precious blood. I found such a matchless love who could reject an opportunity to walk in that 
So much of the word has been revealed. And the purpose of God. All that was in God, he poured into Christ. All that was in Christ, he poured into the church. That Christ and the church could become one. Like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And enter into another Garden of Eden. What's there? Perfect love. Perfect faith. Perfect everything. Don't turn them away. This is the, really the only purpose that is left. Let the purpose of God grip your life. Lord, mold me and shape me till all that comes out of me is your love. Whatever circumstance, whatever difficulty I have, let me not say the wrong thing or let me not say anything in the wrong spirit, Lord. Let me not do anything wrong. Let me not have the wrong motive, the wrong objective, Lord. Let it just be your love projecting itself out of me. Lord, wash me in my thoughts. Cleanse me, O oh God, and make me whole. Lord, let it, if you have that desire, why don't you just express that to him as we pray this evening. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're standing here this evening in your great presence. Lord, knowing that this is your great purpose, that sons and God, sons and daughters of God would be just like you, would have just that full expression of your love, that full measure, the full rounded effect of God, the full power of which created the universe, Lord. It'll surely put this chaotic world or at least the chaotic part of the world that affects us back into order, Lord. Oh God, it'll take sons and daughters of God out of the hand of the Antichrist and bring them back to you, Lord. Father, we just pray that you'll loose it within us in a greater way than ever before. Loose it within Cloverdale Bible Way greater than ever before, Lord. Bring it between brothers and sisters, Lord, husbands and wives, homes and mothers and fathers and children and everybody, oh God, let it just be the love of God. Lord, let nothing hinder it, Father. We renounce everything that hinders your love moving in the midst of your people. Lord, may you break down every chain. May you break aside every scar. May you loose every captivity. Lord, may you break aside every bitterness and put it under the blood, oh God. Throw it in the waters of marrow, oh God. And throw the, the branch in, oh God, that'll make the waters sweet once again, Lord. For you have a purpose in all those things that we might come to the full projection of your love. We're thinking of our sister Bondi tonight. Lord, be with her. The brothers will be visiting her, Lord willing, tomorrow. Go with them, Lord. Anoint them. Give them the right things to say and the right way, oh God, to approach it. Lord, we pray you'd be with uh, the other visitations that they'll be doing tomorrow, Lord, in the hospital. We pray, oh God, you'll be with them, oh Lord. We remember, Lord, Rita, whose gloves I'm laying my hands on right now. And as believers, Lord, we're directing your anointing to these gloves. Lord, we're asking in the name of Jesus Christ that you'll send forth your power. May she, when she puts these gloves on, may it loose her hands. May it loose her feet. Lord, more so, may it loose her heartstrings. Lord, that she would know that there's a living God who loves her. And that there's a people who's projecting love to her. That she might come into the position that she was meant to come into as a daughter of God. Bless her sister, Sister Virginia. Sister Virginia here, Lord. We pray that you watch over her on the roads. We commit all things, Father, into your hands. Oh, Lord, be with us, we pray. Make us what you want us to be, Father. 
We ask your blessing loud tonight, Lord. We commit our lives afresh to you, O Father. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you in Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you love him tonight? Don't you love him? Let's just sing a chorus of I love him because he first loved me. And then we'll be dismissed. I love him. Oh, I love him because he first loved me. Virginia, you can collect those. God bless you. Just let him project his love through you. You've got an object you're projecting love to. Just let him project that love. Let him respond. Let it trigger God's love. And you watch his power come on the scene. God bless you. Shake one another's hands as you go. Service is dismissed in Jesus' name.